When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Perry, the Zid, and playing side and to my right star, Blaze TV's Primetime with Alex Stein, the one and only Eddie, are Mr. You okay? Brandon are you okay? Steele. Are you okay, Who was Eddie? just uh, rocking out to Alien Ant Farm. I thought that was <laughs> Green Day the, the first time I saw it. <laughs> It's like, this is a great cover by Green Day. <laughs> the, the famous yeah. Michael Jackson cover by Green I Day. I see why they were big. I think uh, Alien Ant Farm, I'm pretty sure they, they would have been bigger, but they... They had some weird shit happen where they had like an insane bus accident in Costa Rica or some <laughs> shit like that. It kind of derailed the, the whole thing. It was very, it's very strange. It's either Alien Ant Farm or what's the America? Uh, a, I don't remember. That's the pop punk version of uh, Leonard Skinner. Is, is, uh, <laughs> Alien Ant is, is, It's a tour bus in Costa Rica. What was the other? AFI was. Look, we had like four bands between the year 2000 and 2011. They just had different names. They were all the same fucking thing. Oh, they, they were exact same people. They yeah. all looked, every basis was just Big J. It was the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, He's the only person outside Corey Good who used uh, fingerless gloves as the basis for all those bands. It's funny you bring up the gloves because I actually spent this morning, <laughs> I tried to Google why people wear fingerless gloves because I was so taken aback by Corey Good's. Uh, even, deposition. Go- even Google's like, we actually do not, don't fucking know now that we think about it. Well, the the best I could find was something I had posited previously, which is you wear fingerless uh, gloves so you can still use your, your smartphone. But outside of that, it was a lot of shit where it was like... For but, but the fingerless gloves were designed before smartphones. Well before. It's been around yeah. a long time. Other shit was like... If you're if you're doing some sort of activity where you want to protect your palm but don't need to protect your fingers, but what why would what, you what is protect, one such activity? Yeah, why wouldn't you just protect your whole fucking hand at that point? I guess batting gloves could what? be fingerless if you wanted them to. You don't want to be cold bowling? It makes no sense. I think bowling was actually the one thing. It's the only thing I can think of where you would actually need your fingers without something covering them. Welcome to the, the fingerless glove podcast. That would be the wildest reason to be wearing fingerless gloves, though, because your palm gets chilly. It I it seems like one of those things where no one just wanted to say, like, we're only doing this because we think it looks cool. No one wanted to own up Honestly, to the fact that I, they thought fingerless gloves were cool. That's true. They probably just were all doing it at some point. We're like, hey, who thought this was a good idea the first time? Look, there was a lot of cocaine like, in the 80s, and people weren't making the, the best decisions. Look, we're all making these. We all look stupid. If we pull them now, we look dumber. Someone who I bet wishes they could blame, blame their problems on cocaine. David Wilcock. Yeah. We, uh, There's anyone who could use cocaine right now. We we finally got through his uh, many prefaces to the book, all yes. five of them. Yes. Which his... took up uh, 136 pages of the book. A quick brief preface. <laughs> which incurred a lot, uh, it involved a lot of updates that weren't really germane to anything. I don't think he exactly understands the function of the preface. I don't think he understands the purpose of the I mean, written word necessarily. He doesn't 
ever convey a point concisely, like kind of the well, whole. Look, like synchronicity key was good, right? Before he really deteriorated and got even more narcissistic, he he had he was a good writer. That was always my biggest qualm with uh, Awakening in the Dream is like the quality of the writing just fell off a cliff. That. That's the thing about books, though, is you should be able to put down your ideas and then revisit them and, you know, trim trim the fat and really boil it down to what you need to, to convey your point in the most meaningful way. Yeah, it's also a hard thing to get worse at. He has somehow, he has taken the, the book revision process where you would send it out to have, you know, someone look at it and remove yeah. sections and ask for clarification. He has actually used that to himself go and add more things into the book because yeah. he, he reads something and then it, it sparks his memories like, oh, also, you need to know about this, which he does so many times throughout this book. He just adds something in and it happened like we're recording this uh, new New Year's Eve. Yes. He was adding shit into the book up until like four weeks ago. I mean, the the big like reveal is his vision of Mary and he's like this just happened on Thanksgiving it's <laughs> yeah. like dude that was like two weeks ago yeah the book came out like December 14th yeah and he was adding shit in during Thanksgiving like, like you weren't you weren't sparked to release it until two weeks ago it's it's a mess and I guess that's that's where we need to start today is going forward that should just be the title of David's it's a mess. biography at this point <laughs> it's a fucking mess it's a mess the the portion we covered on the last episode is actually the most coherent portion of this entire book. Which is impressive because it was insane. It's astonishingly frightening, yeah. I think if, you could put if it. If describing your relationship and the inner workings of the turkey dynamic, <laughs> yes, but if that's the most coherent part of this uh, here novel, well, it's going to get wild. Now is when we start with the prophecy and... Sick. Really, this is just a bunch of more or less vin vignettes from David's life. Like this doesn't it doesn't tie together in any significant I way. I thought it was from his journal. This is him. What he does here is he has his uh, channeling sessions. I think he recorded them and then he transcribed those. So he's got that. But then in addition to the transcribing of his channeling sessions, he adds shit in while he was listening to it back in the 90s, and now we also get him adding shit in from the year 2022. This year, that avant-garde prophecy is a little different than the normal prophecy. <laughs> it's got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We get creative with it. So most of what I'm going to pick from, because the prophecy is just... Well, I'll read some of it. It's kind of, it's. I mean, it's nonsense, but... This is like if Nostradamus was retarded. Very retarded. Most of what we're going to be focusing on is occasionally after he puts prophecy, he will then, like, break it down. He breaks down the game tape and explains to you how it applies to the right, modern day right, right, right. to show how accurate he is. Do remember, he said, this is the most accurate book of prophecies ever. Ever of all time, Noster dumbass. And then he added he's not bragging. Yeah, so. I'm, but I'm not bragging, okay? Look, I'm just being factual. All right, so the, the prophecy kind of uh, oscillates between the, the mundane and the the lunatic adjacent. So here's yeah. some of the And this the is mundane. where I stopped reading because I... 
wanted to savor it. Here's uh, here's one of his prophecies. All things are projections of mind. All minds exist within and without contemporaneously. Thus, we would suggest to you that a proper following of the law of one be implemented. We would insist that it is very important, first and foremost, to cleanse the thought forms. Dietary issues can be a struggle, and these disciplines... (laughs) I know, he always works in that he was fat. (laughs) We find out later David was... uh, He considers himself anorexic. Dietary issues can be a struggle, and these disciplines are, in a sense, for those who wish to become adepts, for those who wish to pursue higher avenues of learning. It's... So that's, I mean, Here, that's, hold on. Put, plug me. that's one of the, uh, the more boring prophecies. Oh, we got to throw this up on the screen. It, it probably would help, uh, for people to, to see some of this. You're going to get a look at my, my well, outline here. In honor of David and his PowerPoints. We'll, uh, we'll present our, our own shit. It, uh. I will, before we get on to more of his prophecies, I will add in that it's remarkably convenient that all of the prophecies are only, they only contain information he was aware of and thoughts he was aware of. Like, there's no, you would think if you were channeling God, you would get novel thought somewhere yeah, mixed in there. You, you'd assume so. That does not occur. There is there is no novel thought. Everything is written in such a way that David would uh, be the progenitor of the idea. And kind of, well, let me just read some of it. Here's, that was the tame prophecy. This is what a lot of this was like. And I have had to suffer through it for a week and a half at this point. <sighs> Super. Wouldn't it be nice if they paid you money for this? Psychically, you've pinpointed them. The elections, the church. I don't think we can invite a $10 bill. That's the psychiatrist thing. The strangest thing. It affects everything. Here, it's fabulous. Hold it. The religions I am concerned with will someday be lighted. And we will go on to greater heights as a conglomerate being in the cosmos. If you look at the reaping curve, you see a vortex of light four times as big, centered around the moon and Jupiter, a wild conjunction. Does the farmhand have enough manual labor? The Bible. Just analyze it. (laughs) I'm too proud of you. Yo, this is like, you know how T.S. Eliot was mentally unwell and wrote The Wasteland? Yeah. That's what this is. It's just, if you've ever read The Wasteland, it's just gobbledygook nonsense. You can tell. You're like, oh, whoever wrote this was not in a good place. I'm a fan of uh, The Bible. Just analyze it. Oh, That's the yeah. new Nike slogan. Like, but The Wasteland does that where like, it writes in like fractured sentences that have no correlation or connection to each other. It's just a string of phrases that don't mean anything. Yeah. Uh you know what it reminds me of is, is when they say, like, if you give enough monkeys a typewriter, it'll produce Shakespeare. I did. I did. This re- is like the rejected copy. Yeah, this is the fucking outtakes. This is the monkeys who weren't good writers. <laughs> but uh, I wrote a paper on that thing for for one of my, like, honors English classes in, at BYU. Uh-huh. And the professor was like, this is the best paper I've literally ever read. <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm mentally unwell. I knew what I was looking at. Yeah, it takes one, takes one to know I one, as that. they say. I read that, and, I, and it just deciphered in front of me like code and hieroglyphics. I'm not sure if he even analyzes the sentence, I don't think we can invite a $10 bill. I genuinely don't think he reread any of this. I wonder who's this on feels, the $10 bill. This feels like a 2 isn't it Lincoln? No, it's, he's the no. 5 He's, he's on the penny also. I don't know. Uh, Hamilton? I honestly don't know who's on the $10 bill. 
maybe maybe he provide. Oh no, that's uh, that's the other part of this. He actually doesn't go over the game tape on all the prophecy. So sometimes you just get an excerpt like that, and there's no analysis. It's just he that. just la- he just lays it on you and keeps it moving. Yeah, and then he just jumps to the next one. Yeah, I mean, I think some of this he literally wrote it. And even he was like, I, I have no idea what I was going for here. Well, let's let's move on to some of the hard-hitting analysis. We hard are prophecies. <laughs> Tombstone, talking about a 70-mile-per-hour wind from every place. Pause for government's actions to be completed. Six missions slash Egyptians. Silicon Valley lost 1,515 feathers. Weren't a coincidence on that. Okay. Yeah, this now, this literally sounds like a mistranslation from like an ancient Sumerian text. Take take it off the screen. I don't want to. We're we're gonna play a game here. I I want you. What what do you think that was predicted? Tombstone talking about a seventy mile per hour wind from every place. Pause for government's actions to be completed. Six missions slash Egyptian Egyptians. Silicon Valley lost fifteen hundred and fifteen feathers. Weren't a coincidence on that. It sounds like the start to a quest in an RPG, to be honest. <laughs> this this is the kind of analysis he provides for passages such as this, and we're supposed to trust that. Well, there we go. The number 1,515 represents ISIS because the ones look like I's and the fives look like S's. All right? Hell yeah, You, you follow dude. me here? Hell yeah, No, dude. that's, that's surface-level analysis. We got to keep going deeper. Also... 15 times 15 is 225, which is the length of one Venus year in Earth days. Venus is traditionally associated with the morning star as well as Isis. Members of the deep state believe Venus is the female (laughs) aspect of Lucifer. Additionally, one of the main angles between a tetrahedron and a surrounding sphere is 22.5 degrees. The tetrahedron could also be seen as a 3D version of the all-seeing eye symbol. This means that big tech is operating within the deep state. Literally, you following me? Literally, the only difference between this and a homeless dude like in San Francisco yelling this at you is that he put it into writing and sold it digitally. He is one synchronicity key away from shitting in the streets. Like if he did not make money off that. Yes, exactly. This is I. It's it's. Nons- nonsense like it means it's worse than nonsense <laughs> actually well, nonsense would be harmless this is like oh you're getting to a terribly bad place this is a weaponized nonsense and that yeah. he's, he's taken this just mess of words but because it's divinely inspired now now that it's coming from fucking Archangel Michael it has to be right so yeah. that you have to translate that into this. Oh, also the uh, the feathers also symbolize Twitter employees losing their ability to manipulate politics. So, what what we get from that is that, uh, like his interpretations of his own theoretical writings sound like an Egyptologist trying to decipher new scripts. Like, well, let's see this scarab here as. One, one and five, one and five on each side. So, uh, so that's got to mean something, right? Let's uh, let's go back over that. Tombstone talking about a seventy mile per hour wind from every place. Pause for government's actions to be completed. Six missions slash Egyptians. 
Silicon Valley lost 1,515 feathers weren't a coincidence on that. That, to him, represented ISIS taking the place of Lucifer on the planet and big tech losing their position uh, of control within politics. I wish he had wrote it in rhyme. I think there might be some in here, but... Uh, it's like some old school verse. I mean, it's... Because it's, it's it, I mean, these are just fractured sentences. Yeah. None of these is a full thought. And then it'll just jump around. We. Uh, Do you think he did that on purpose? Because if it was a full thought, you could understand it. And then refute it somehow? Yeah, like, so by using broken sentences, he can arrange as he desires? I... I honest, I'm not even sure he's that tactical at this point, to be honest. No, I want to hear the tape he's transcribing from. because, And I'd love to see the text he supposedly found this on. I want to know whether or not this is all, if he's speaking this as we're speaking right now, or if there's huge pauses in between it. Basically, is he giving himself time to think before well, he, he throws this out there? We know David can talk. Absolutely. I kind of don't doubt. That's like his one thing. That's the thing is I don't doubt David, especially before the mental deterioration. Yeah. Uh, could could spin in spin a tail pretty good. So we, we've looked at uh, some of the prophecy here. Now here's a section. David's got these. They just David's notes. That's that's what he calls them. This is a. That's as creative as he got. These are like his liner notes. Ah, okay. So this is a after a, a prophecy. You know what's funny is this is the format I used for our senior year uh, English. Like was oh when we had to write poems and shit yeah when you and I chose to not do the regular paper we're <laughs> like write poems we're like you wait you're gonna let us yeah. you're really gonna let us write poems for this assignment we're like fuck yes I'm gonna do it that's yeah. way easier I'll yeah. write poems instead of a fucking research yeah, paper get fucking lit wrote that and I got a fucking hundred and two percent but like I would just write when I put one of my poems and I just extrapolate some bullshit for like a page and a half like. So what I meant by using the sun here. It's the most beautiful thing about this art form yeah. is that you don't, you can really, I mean, especially if you're going to break out numerology shit like you did there, where you just start multiplying shit together and dividing it, you can really make anything say anything. Yeah. It doesn't have to be written down explicitly. Now, you know, the problem with uh, David being in the UFO community for this one actually was... If he was just going to go super heavy Christian with it, he could have been like, no, I am a modern day prophet. And yeah. this is a new book that needs to be added to the Bible. Him and Lois Vogel Sharp could have teamed up. Because then he could have written it in verse. Be like, no, this was sent by the Archangel Michael for these times. Because that would have been a sick card to play. In this particular section, he is still kind of in his... Uh, right wing grifter space he's he floats towards that but he knows that enough of the ufo community is very liberal right so, so he, he had can't to, do it yeah so he can't he can't go either he can't go either way all the way he has to kind of float well he has to be a centrist in what we covered today we'll get to a bunch of uh covid prophecy very liberal. You know, Jay Gomez, very liberal. <laughs> you remember when we were covering his last uh, lectures, the ones before he went fully insane where he wouldn't say words like vaccine or vaccine passport? Oh, yeah, all the stupid words. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even say the letter Q. He's still doing that in the book. 
Like I don't think he can help it anymore. There's portions of the book where he'll add in one of his notes and it'll just be like the V passport. Look, we like we say COVID broke more people than we understand. David is a casualty. Before those two years, he was doing good. He it, was killing. It really fucked him up. Those two really years, it him up. really, it just it went as south as south can go. Let's get some of David's political notes. So this is David's note. Abel was killed by his brother Cain in the Bible. In the deep state occult system, they believe the bloodline of Cain is the bloodline of Lucifer. Cain was born from the seed of the serpent, an extraterrestrial being who had sex with Eve in their version of the story. <laughs> Perhaps a dragon like Michael was fighting. They consider themselves the direct descendants of Cain and often like to adopt that name. Hence, John McCain in 2008 and Hillary Kane in 2016 election tickets. This does not mean they are shape-shifting reptilians. They may, however... <laughs> have some ahem, unique ancestral DNA. As I discuss in the documentary, Above Majestic, him and Corey really got to stop talking about Above I Majestic. I love so much that they won't even talk to each other, but they'll both still plug that fucking shit documentary they, regularly. The, the profit margin on that piece of shit must be so large for them to continuously go back to it oh, and promote it. I know it's large because I know how much fucking stock footage costs. In deciphering Michael's analogy, we see that the, quote, murdered body of Abel, humanity, will be brought back <laughs> to life thanks to the Hopi Blue Star Kachina prophecy. I don't know how to pronounce that. The Hopis believe the sun will give off a solar flash that transforms our planet into the fifth sun, which is also a complete rebooting of what it means to be human. The Hopi prophecy also anticipates that a new star will appear near the sun after this happens, hence blue star Kajina. And it will all flow smoothly for us. The sun will rise and the moon will set was a line from the play Cabaret. Yes, of course. Was a line from the cabaret or cabaret? Cabaret. Cabaret. But but this is why that's important, which I had already performed in at Woodstock Conservatory for the Arts. The original line refers to the defeat of the Nazis, and here it clearly is a prophecy of the fall of the deep state. Wait, David was in a cabaret? I think uh, when he was in, like, high school. Take that off the screen so we don't give away where we're going next. Yes, it's, again, everything is... Put through the the lens of shit he has already lived through or experienced. Yeah, nothing. No, I mean, some of this is just lines from a play he was in. That's from like he's he's just literally taking journals and being like, now this was actually prophecy about how the housing market was going to collapse in two thousand eight. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. of the lines in this play I was in is like. I don't think you meant that at the time. I'm I mean, going to be honest. I think you're you're doing a little re, retconning, re, rewriting. Yeah, a little retconning. It's here. funny you should break that up because this next prophecy, which we'll get to in a second, he says is about the German gas problem. But they ran out. Yeah, he. I, prophecy is got to be predicted ahead of time. That's what prophecy is. You're supposed to be able to predict the future. It it does us no good to be sitting in 2022 looking at shit that happened in 2020 and being like, I predicted that in 1996. If you predicted yeah. it, why didn't you tell us in 1996 yeah. 
that that was going to happen. Don't tell me after it's happened that this is what the prophecy was about. Yeah, I am going to start calling the Holocaust the German gas problem. <laughs> you know the German gas problem of the late nineteen, or the early nineteen forties. Yeah, it was terrible. It was the real, real atrocity that old German gas problem. <laughs> this is uh, this is his prediction of the. <laughs> the German gas That's problem. a sick name for the Holocaust, dude. I'm fucking using that all the time. <laughs> oh, you mean the German, German gas, gas problem of 1939? It's like, what's the other name for the Civil War? Like the <laughs> yeah. War of Northern Aggression yeah, or something? Yeah, exactly. It's a nice little reframing. <laughs> here's uh, here's the, ga- the German gas problem prophecy. The rivers do such a thing in Italy, you know. It relies <laughs> on the Germans to get it out. So that's it. That's the prophecy. Here's the analysis. David's note, as of October 5th, 2022, we recently lost the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines, which (laughs) funnel gas into Germany. Most of Europe's energy needs relied on these two, quote, rivers of Russian gas passing through Germany to, quote, get it out to the rest of Europe. The rivers, this is, uh, I think, another line out of the prophecy, quote, the rivers, and then he adds in in brackets, of fuel. (laughs) It didn't say that in the original prophecy. It no. takes on a much different meaning when you add in additional information. I know. This is what I love about David's mind is he doesn't think that changes anything. No, no. He's like, I'm just being exact. The rivers of fuel, it relies on the Germans <laughs> to get the gas out. <laughs> Europe's energy costs are skyrocketing as a result of this catastrophic loss. Another little tidbit of the, uh, the prophecy, the devotees, and then in brackets to the cabal, are pathetically bonded. The Uh, reference to pathetically (laughs) bonded. Yeah, they're so pathetically bonded, these global elites. The reference to Italy could reflect how a far-right anti-establishment candidate just won the election there and is speaking in strong language against the deep state. The Nord Stream 1 and 2 disaster was the greatest sabotage of civilian infrastructure since World War II. There are several other prophetic references to the destruction of the pipeline, particularly at the beginning of book two in early 1998. He keeps selling the other books. You gotta love the way he can do that. I had a whole series of readings that I called the, quote, pipeline transmissions, and even began referring to the source as the pipeline during this time. I always wondered why this line about rivers relying on Germany to get out had appeared on the very first day this contact started. Now it finally makes sense. Another hint, this is referring to a deliberate sabotage operation. Uh, oh, sorry. This referring to a, a deliberate sabotage operation is the fact that both Italy and Germany were fascist countries in World War II. Get a little history lesson in there. You know what's funny is he's doing this weird thing where his analysis really should be part of the prophecy because his prophecies aren't actually concluding to anything. No. They're just phrases of nonsense that he's then interpreting. Like, he's literally using his prophecy. It, could, it might as well be hieroglyphics. It could be anything. Well, it, like, yeah, like it might as well just be pictures. Because then it's the analysis where he's going, like, so what this actually means. He should have just figured a way to put that into the fucking prophecy and you'd have filled this all out. Right. And then it would have just been a book of prophecies that explain themselves in the prophecy. The, the problem is he started this whole endeavor for this, this whole trilogy of books. He had the starting point, which was his prophecy, but he also had the end. He had what they needed to predict being the current timeline. 
yeah, this maybe this is a result of working backwards. Well, that's exactly because if you told me like this has to translate to the the Do fucking th- Nord Stream accident, and you just gave me a sentence, I can bend and twist words and numbers enough. To make it make sense in some way. Do you think he also is like, no, I have to do it this way, so it feels mysterious? Oh, there's definitely... Yeah. David loves If him. I just made the prophecy say exactly what had happened, uh, that'd be too on the nose. No, it's too obvious. I gotta make it cryptic and then explain exactly what that means. It's another little little hint of his ego slipping through. Is he saying, you know, this came from Michael and St. Lucia, but... It's cryptic enough to where we need David yeah. still to translate it for us. He it. is still our very, very deranged Joseph Smith. Again, the, the challenge I would put out to David is predict something before it happens. That's wow. that's what your prophecy should be doing. We should know what's going to happen. Look, no Shadamas did that, and look, look what he got for it. Nothing. A bunch of History Channel shows. Yeah, if he was smart, he would have predicted things that had already happened. Wait a second. Do you think David is trying to get his own, like, what's that Nostradamus show on History Channel? Like the uh, Nostradamus? The Nostradamus effect? Something like that. Something like that. Do you I've, think w- he, I've watched it a lot. Do you think he's trying to get his own, like, the Michael Prophecies effect? I think History Channel has him on a list. Like a, a I, don't, I don't allow in the building because I, he might kill us all list? I don't think he's allowed within 500 yards of the building, no. I think he's <laughs> been officially blacklisted. From uh, Ancient Aliens. And I know that because the dudes who are still there have already started getting spinoff shows. Do you know how fucking insane you have to be to get blacklisted from Ancient Aliens? He's the only one. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's all, how crazy that's how him this, and Corey. This is exactly... Well, Corey was never on. But this is exactly as cra- how crazy you need to get to be blacklisted from Ancient Aliens. Especially once they're like... Dude, we got a huge budget now. Don't fuck this up. We're wearing $8,000 suits. Get the fuck out of here. Let's uh, let's get to a prophecy that probably this is kind of the angle that maybe got banned. The whole Q thing. Uh, that definitely ruined him. Here we go. Quote, a videotape from 37 years ago when I was your age showed that the children of the Anunnaki were the sons of God, a prostitute. Do you see the connection? All right. Yeah, it's it, people go look up some of the wasteland by T.S. Eliot, <laughs> and and read it because it's the prose of someone in the grips of severe bipolar disorder. This is what we're looking at. It is mania. Uh, it is a mania basically put into writing. I can't tell what's worse, the prophecy or the translation of the prophecy that comes in the form of his notes, because. Do re- do remember that the, the prophecy is basically he just wakes up in the morning or it's at night and he meditates and he just talks out loud and whatever yeah. he says, that's what we get. To then, 30 years down the road, derive meaning from you just saying words out loud in your bedroom. Yeah. That may be more unglued. Oh, definitely, definitely. It is also funny to imagine... Him just actually having these journals and him going in and like, what the fuck did I mean here? And it was like actually having to reanalyze and translate what he was writing. Be like, how am I going to make this relevant? He had, he locked himself in a fucking cabin for a year to, to produce this. Yeah. Now I'm still like 98% sure he just wrote all the prophecies too. I don't think any of this came from 1997. 
he says it's on uh, archive.org. He was apparently publishing these to his website. Way I know back he says he day. published some of them, but a lot of this material was also supposed to be like his journals. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think he definitely so, went back and, you know, slid a few lines in there to make it look better in, in I, retrospect. I want this like Tupac and Eminem. I want him to post <laughs> the physical writing yeah. of the early drafts. Here's the analysis of that uh, Anunnaki videotape line. David's note, children, prostitute, videotape, Anunnaki. This, again, suggests that the, quote, children of the Anunnaki are involved in nefarious activities and therefore not the, quote, sons of God they believe themselves to be. Michael said the phrase, quote, a videotape from 37 years ago in November 1996, 37 years before 1996 would be 1959. In the year 1959, Valiant Thor finished his three-year stay at the Pentagon in a young-looking body where he co-authored the plan to defeat the deep state. I think that's also when Valiant Thor was working with uh, Albert Einstein. I love the idea of uh, a superhero coming into the Pentagon with, like, a 1,500-page dossier. Like, <laughs> here's my 88-point plan on how we're going to beat the deep state. I want my superheroes out. Doing superhero things, yeah. not doing analysis. Well, then the generals being like, "How much you fucking kill him? You're Thor, you idiot!" Yeah, use some of your use the power of the gods to defeat them. Don't don't write a book about it. This is Thor in his in his later years. It's he just he just presents paperwork and <laughs> presentations to the Pentagon for the uh, the fucking Avengers. Yeah, uh, David made Thor get an office job. Yeah. Uh, where was I when we try to read what this phrase is telling us? It's. It is obviously dark and upsetting. Quote, a videotape from when I was your age. Children, a prostitute. We can therefore surmise that part of the plan has always included horrifying videotapes. Horrifying? <laughs> See, he, you could do that. And he does do that in parts of this. I, I, I have some of it to share. But he, he will just take sections of a word and then be like, horrifying, whore, whore, prostitute, prostitute. Deep state. I think he might be trying to do like what the Donald does and that the Donald writes exactly as he talks. And I think David's trying to do that by like adding in his asides. It's uh, except for David is mentally unhinged. He's very thus it comes not okay. Yeah. Thus it comes across as like the. The manic ramblings of a delusional man. The uh, the plan always included horrifying videotapes that certain members of the military had already gathered at that time. Whenever the final exposure to the public occurs, the evidence is ready. So good news, everyone. The plan, the storm, we're still on track. The evidence is ready. It's Any day now. It's truly incredible he decided to cling to that so much. When, when I really don't think... It impacted his bottom line as big as he seems to think. Now, I don't have the data. Maybe he knows. <laughs> uh, maybe the jump was incredible and the money was really good. But I feel like a large core of his base were UFO people. And they yeah. really wouldn't have cared. That's if, all it should have been. He didn't even have to apo like apologize or be like, I was wrong. Literally could have just stopped talking about it. And business would have kept moving along as usual. His... He, two mistakes. His ego got in the way because he can't. It's the this whole book is the same issue actually on a bigger level, which is he was chosen by God to receive these prophecies, and God can't be wrong 
yeah. which also means David can't be wrong. Yeah. So every time he gets these prophecies, they have to come true. Yeah. So you got to keep going back to them until they, they come true. With the Q thing, his first issue was he, he got uh, political. You don't just like don't do that. Super That's all, poli- you, all you got to do is not get political in the UFO sphere and you're yeah. going to be okay. Well, super political and not have any idea of politics. <laughs> that that also doesn't yeah. help either to be yeah. completely ignorant of what you're uh, speaking about. Yeah. Didn't he say at one point Q, who was a woman, was sending him emails or his, some shit? His Q was right. a woman, yeah. So he keeps going back to this, in my opinion, because it made him look so fucking bad that he can't give it up and be like, no, any day now, <laughs> I will be proven correct. I can't be wrong. <laughs> I mean, I guess... I guess that that makes sense in in his line of thinking, yes. But he also clearly is so like uh, flustered by people calling him out on it. He really is. He's very upset by it. Like normally he would just fold and stop. But for some reason, this is the thing that he's decided. He had never mentioned like America once. No, no. He was never patriotic until, in the least. Until Q. And then like. Yeah, it's just very odd that he seems to be clinging to that. If if anything, almost defiantly. If anything, I would think the David of old would have made fun of people for being so patriotic and shit, because he yeah. would have gone with a like, oh, "We're all humans, man. Everyone's equal." Well, type shit. and it's not like these people are his friends. David doesn't have friends, not anymore. So there's no point in like doing it just to fit in. The the Q. The other issue he ran across is he was already always, despite, you know, he had some popularity in the UFO space, but that was relatively niche. It didn't yeah. extend much beyond the, the little weirdo sphere, and everything was cool within the weirdo sphere. Yeah. Q started popping up on fucking CNN and Fox and all these other places, and all of a sudden now a bunch of extra eyes were on David, and a bunch of extra eyes saw him. And we're like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? And that kind of collapsed his whole self-image. Yeah, he, he had only been he had been preaching to the choir for so long that uh, when when the choir <laughs> expanded, there was a bunch of people who didn't fuck with them. It kind of ruined them. I mean, my only rational thought is, you know, the ancient aliens was gone. He knew that was never coming back. Right, Gaia fell apart. And he's like, well, this Q stuff is blowing up. Uh-huh. Maybe I can ride this coattail. Because he probably thought, like, I don't know, maybe History Channel will do a series on Q. And it's like, no, it's retarded, first of all. I think the issue was he probably saw this as a way to make a quick buck and absolutely did not expect it to blow up in to, the way that it did to just completely fall apart it it essentially but he, he seems to keep going back i guess maybe it is just when he spend that much time on something you just you want it to be true so bad i think it's it's very hard for him to admit that something he focused on for 3 years like 3 years at least yeah he's he staked his his whole career and reputation on this and all Fell apart literally, spectacularly. It literally fell apart. And he can't live with that, so he's going to keep returning to it until he's right. Ah. Michael says the world's not going down. This is this is fantastic news. We we got Hey, look, the whole premise of this book is 
I'm not going to bum you out. And this it's is good news. This is one thing we were telling him to do for a long time is he kept saying the world's going to end and then it never ended. And then that's yeah. an issue. So now he's going with the world's not going to end. Well, they never think like if the world's going to end, how am I going to write another book? Let's uh, let's talk about why the world's not going to end. Quote, this is because they have never intended for Earth to be destroyed after all. That's a very confusing right. man who did nothing but predict the end of the world for that, fucking 30 years. What a plot twist at the end of the galactic movie. Michael reveals that they did, however, allow the COVID crisis and government-enforced medical treatment program to move forward, just like with Hiroshima. Oh, hell yeah. It's the same thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're going to die of radiation. But no, no, we're saved. We'll get to that later, too. Oh, okay. This, quote, Oh God, I hate the phrase even. This, quote, great awakening has been significant <laughs> enough to offset the, quote, need for massive extinction-level earth changes that may usually occur at the end of a 25,000-year cycle. However, if a majority of the world could not forgive Trump, <laughs> if the majority of the world could not forgive Trump, the uptake levels would have been much higher and no one would have understood what was happening. What a sick transition. It's great. Angelic entities like Michael are able to positively influence anyone on Earth in order to secure a desired favorable outcome. <laughs> Even the most extreme cabal villains have a higher self that steers them to make fantastic mistakes at just the right moments to expose themselves. Look, if, if we could just forgive Donald Trump, everything would be fine. You have to forgive Donald Trump in what order for the world to survive. Sick transition. Be like, look, the world's not the world's not going to end because we got enough people, you know, forgiving. And if more people were forgive Donald Trump, it, it we could really it, fix all this. It kind of seems like maybe he's setting up with this whole forgiveness saves the world angle. It kind of seems like he's trying to be set up to be forgiven for being so horribly wrong. Oh, of course. That's the the whole reason he's been working on this comeback routine is I fucked up. Because to me, the natural progression of this... The first thing we all had to forgive was uh, Bill Clinton getting his dick sucked. If we yeah. didn't forgive that, California would have fallen into well, the ocean. It's the two, is the two, you know, equal and opposite reactions. Right. Bill getting his dick sucked. Trump being president, Donald, I think is kind of it. Donald Trump ordered McDonald's at the White House. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> those those were the two equivalents. And naturally, you know, the president of the United States very important position, but someone who channels the word of God also very important. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to have to forgive David because this net, next batch of prophecy is going to be the true one. That's so we true. have to forgive him now in order to accept the uh, the, the prophecy. The real shit? Right, yeah. right. So he was wrong all those times because God wanted him to be so we could then forgive him to save the world. Yeah, I do like the idea that uh, the Republicans forgave Bill Clinton by impeaching him. <laughs> It's like, yeah, we really forgave the shit out of him. They did also try to impeach Trump, you know, twice. Like, we, yeah, weren't, yeah, we like, weren't really forgiving. We haven't, forgive, we haven't been forgiving anyone for a minute. Here's uh, uh, more, more prophecy. Quote, I don't need Toad's tumors, my Russian princess. That's a good <laughs> idea. That sounds like a line from Mario Kart. It's... It, <laughs> <laughs> it all sounds it all sounds like fucking Aesop rock lyrics like it's just this is what I'm saying like it's just it's nonsensical phrases that is literally what I, next to this when I copied and pasted I just wrote just nonsense I wonder if you could plug this into the the chat AI oh chat GPT and like have it rewrite it as an actual testament of the Bible let me uh 
I don't need those tumors, my Russian princess. That's a good idea. Ron, mummification, disposable diapers. Yeah, like it's it's uh, it's unhinged is the only thing I can say. But that's because you're not a prophet, so you don't know what that truly means. I also wonder if some of this is the result of automatic writing, which has always been one of the dumbest things you can do because <laughs> where you it, just write no matter what it means. It well, doesn't have on to make the sense. off chance you manage to write actual words, it's literal gibberish. This isn't automatic writing, but rather automatic speaking, which is probably even worse because the the information doesn't have to make it from your brain to your hand. You just have to say whatever comes to your head. Well, now I haven't used my speech-to-text writer that I purchased, Hammered, because I <laughs> haven't fully fleshed out the first part of the book yet. But uh -huh. I don't think I would speak like this in in phrases. I am Because that's not a way... Once you start talking kind of, you know, just uh, stream of consciousness, like you're not going to, you'll just talk regular. I'm kind of interested to see, like, if I just sat there and said whatever came to my mind, no matter what I was. I mean, I'm sure you'd need to clean it up punctuation wise and whatnot. He, uh, now that wasn't just nonsense to David. What those lines refer to, that's uh, COVID. And the use of the mask is a hypnotic induction and maintenance tool to for the elite to induce the sheep effect. Ah, sheeple wear masks. Well, disposable diapers refer oh. to the mask, oh. which the elite use to keep us down Ooh. through fear-mongering. Face diapers. Right, right. David predicted it long Damn. ago in, in the same line about toad's tumors. If only David had told us. He did have one correct prediction. There was this line, homeopathic TV. Think of Art Bell doing yoga, which... That's, that's a sick TV pitch. That is pretty cool, which is kind of what Gaia was before it all fell apart. There were a yoga network that yeah, added Art Bell-like content. That's not bad, yeah, for their masthead. Like, it's yeah, it's Art Bell yoga. Well, you know, credit where credit's due. David yeah. is one for eight million. Yeah, come on, Crystal Bitch. You're going to do yoga poses while we talk about... Uh, Lizard people. Here's uh, here's some insight into David's finances back in the day. Here's a, a touch of prophecy. Quote, how do you think I feel about it? I never say anything to cause this. They sent me a check for $100. Not, uh, not terribly important until we get David's note, which adds context. David's note. This proved to be a prophecy that my grandmother, Marjorie, slashed my normal Christmas financial <laughs> gift in half that year and only gave me a check for $100. This was, all right, that, that should be enough, but because it's David, we have to get further insight. Yeah, yeah. This was after I took a job for $5.77 an hour caring for developmentally disabled people to build intern credit for graduate school and barely had enough money to eat. She did admittedly have a large estate at the time, since my <laughs> grandfather did well for his profession, though my own family was very poor. As a prophecy, this may refer to the pandemic stimulus checks many people collected. <laughs> you know what's funny is I think genuinely if I took this, I think I could weave the the prophecy parts and the explanations into actual like verse into something that made sense yeah. with one read-through where yeah. you don't have to keep flipping back and forth. Yeah, because that's really what needs to happen here. He just, I don't know, for some reason either couldn't or didn't want to do that. Because <laughs> if you kind of just like uh, put in the phrases and the sentences from the explanation that he's pointing to in the uh, 
an actual prophecy, you would just flesh that out into an understandable verse. I think if he had written the prophecy and then just in brackets, but color coded the explanation next to it. So you could see like what he's adding after the fact. Yeah. I mean, you could add that too, but this is why you need to know folks. It's hard writing a new book of God. Okay. Joseph didn't just do this shit. Uh, here's uh, here's an example where uh, David gets confirmation on his, uh, his prophecies. This is Hell the kind yeah. of this is how you really know when a prophecy is true. Nice. In I believe it was the current timeline. Maybe it was the past timeline. I guess it doesn't really matter for this point. David asked Michael whether or not he lived in Atlantis, and the answer was yes. Hell yeah. The way he knew the answer was yes was because his heater turned on. Well, that is yep. Yep. Do do note the heater turned on. It was in December. Okay. Yeah. When it's typically yeah. cold outside, when you might have your heater on. Once again, one of the most confident pitches I have is a an office type show uh, with David Wilcock, and just <laughs> like that's something Michael Scott would do. Trying to make a decision in the office and like the heater turns on, he's like, "It's a fucking sign." He does. If this, you did that with David, like Netflix, holla at me. He does it would this be hilarious all the time too, where yeah. it'll be like uh, the the clock changed time right as yeah. I thought this. The heater turned on. Someone walked into my room. I heard a door close, and those are all positive confirmations yeah. of his delusions. That's what I mean. Like he's got built in bits. It'd be one thing if the heater turned on when it was 115 degrees outside yeah. and you had no reason to have the heater on, but the heater turning on mid December is not, I don't think you should take that as confirmation that you live in Atlantis. Okay. Here's the pitch. Okay. David Wilcox starts his own UFO media company. Okay. And he brings in, you know, a, a group of three to four outcasts. Right, right. You know, that eventually become a family after uh-huh. bonding over having to deal with David's retarded hijinks. And losing all their wives. Well, they're not married yeah. yet. We need the office romance to uh, keep the show going. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. The Office. I know you haven't seen a ton of it, but The I've Office. seen one episode. You know? And it's just their, little stu- their humble little studio, like InfoWars starting up, but it's David Wilcox's insane ass in charge of it. I do kind of like the idea of a sitcom based on like a MUFON satellite office where they're just UFO but, investigators. But it's David Wilcock. Right. Running the agency. So it's everything about Atlantis. That and would work Q. too. Oh, it could also be an investigative agency like a PI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would work as well. All right, David, we got real ideas here, bud. Like this is gold. This, uh, this, David's subconscious occasionally kind of peaks through in his dreams his id is horrifying dream in this morning's dream an old boss made homosexual advances towards (laughs) me i had to stay (laughs) him off and try to be polite it was very uncomfortable (laughs) david uh you know he he says some things throughout this book i had to think like is he writing this for us some of this is too direct but there is a lot of weird sexual shit in this book look cold open David Wilcock is very shook in the morning. His his secretary comes in asking, what's, what's yeah, wrong, David? It's wrong. Yeah, and David's like, I had a, a very troubling dream last night. Uh, you know, my my old boss, he yeah, the one that, that retired, he made uh, homosexual advances on me. Does that make me gay? <laughs> like, it's it writes its fucking self. There's a lot more gay content coming up. I'm not sure if we'll get to it today, but also, it's, uh, it's coming up. And this is just 
both his narcissism and his poor mental state is that's not something he should have included. No, no, it really has nothing to do with anything. Even if it happened, like, why are you telling people you had dreams where your old boss fucked your ass? <laughs> the only reason to include it is because maybe you think you're gay. Do you think this was a prophecy? He was straight at the time, but the prophecy, because of the time loop, predicted he would go gay in 2022. I, that has been one of our, our like, get-out-of-jail-free card theories for him is, like, say you're fucking gay, dude. Well, the... The other thing I would I would apply to prophecy is first of all, other than you gotta you know predict the event Be before right. it, yeah. before it happens, you can't just discard all the other things as not being prophecy. If one yeah. dreams prophecy, all your dreams have to be prophecy. You don't get to mm, actually pick and choose. That's an interesting discussion to be had. There are all dreams prophecy. If some dreams are prophecy, or are only some dreams prophecy. And some dreams just dreams. I think when you're put in the position David claims to be in, where you are a uh, a messenger of God, I think all your dreams have to then be prophecy. As if a, God is speaking to you via dreams, all your dreams become uh, a vision from on high. That, that was a bar, by the way. We might need to put that on a shirt. What? Uh, are all, all dreams in prophecy? prophecy? If if some dreams are prophecy, are all dreams prophecy? And if only some, or are just some dreams prophecy, and some dreams just dreams? I think Still, give that give that line to to Fifty Cent for his next album. He should probably stick to the dreams about Atlantis and less to the dreams about homosexual relationships. Get get rich or die dreaming. <laughs> Uh, so he's gay. He's gay regularly in this book, or he just has gay thoughts. I can't ruin it ahead of time. We'll get there eventually. But okay, that's all I needed to know. Tons of gay shit. Say no more. Uh, David predicts COVID again. Here's another David's note. Hell yeah. This was the first COVID-related prophecy I discovered in the Michael readings as of April 2020, right as I finished awakening in the dream. By tw- oh, this is a quote. I don't know if this is from... Oh, yes, this is... Oh, it's so exhausting. This, these... This is the level of analysis he gets into in order to make himself right. Uh, Here we go. By 2010, germs will have rid the earth of many problems. Overpopulation is nothing to scoff at. Scoff at sounds like cough at we could thus we could i know it's fucking nuts we could thus rephrase it is overpopulation is nothing to cough at there this is therefore a shockingly direct prophecy of the covid flu in 1996 the year is very close to 2020 since the digits 2010 do remember in the prophecy it does say 2010 doesn't say 2020 this is very close to the year 2020 since the digits 2010 are only one off from 2020 by one digit variance. This was the day after Michael said the classic phrase, murder is still being sung in the hearts of foul men. The patriarch is a malevolent force that will soon disintegrate. The mystery deepens when we notice the two places where the wording is awkward compared to what we would expect. The first is the two word phrase, quote, have rid. This would be written in correct English is have written. Michael knows that. Of course, Michael knows that. So now we have to... The problem is if Michael knows that, why wouldn't Michael just say what he meant to say? 
I, I don't really get it. What in the hell's going on? This would be written in correct English is have written. Michael knows that. So now we have to look for a code. The odd wording does suggest a deeper code at work. And within have rid, which is now combined into one word and written in all caps, have rid, uh-huh. we have the last three letters of COVID in proper order. The other odd knock, uh, oh, sorry. The other odd phrase is scoff at, which is now, again, written in all caps. We can condense it to scoff at. So so one word now. Scoff and at are one word. And scoff they're all at. Now. Scoff yeah. at. We can also knock off the S at the beginning and come up with cough at. This sounds vaguely like COVID with the T as an aspirated consonant like a D. and also gives us the remaining first two letters of COVID in the proper order and position. You following me? All right. Since obesity was one of the comorbidities, the word fat may have been deliberately included in the complex code as well. The phrase, quote, when you have this much as opposed to this much, could be a reference to certain medical treatments associated with the phenomenon we are discussing. It could also refer to how much body fat you had since obesity greatly increased the risk of your death from COVID. Holy shit. Yeah. He's yeah just, dude. He just went for two paragraphs on the premise of, hey, scoff at, that kind of sounds like cough at. And then if you combine then the just, words. <laughs> then he just took off and and didn't look back for for like three paragraphs. Let me, what was, what it was, was like, well, these two words rhyme and one got cough in it. That's the COVID. Let's let's try and follow that trade of thought again. Holy so we shit. started with He's doing this again and he did this in Awakening in the Dream and it was mesmerizing then. He's uh, doing numerology but with letters and words. It's yeah, an interesting That's exactly thing. what it is. This yeah. is like a, a this is like the drunken fist. Uh, like only David can do this retarded numerology because no one does numerology with words and letters like this. This is what I was talking about, where it's the having the starting point, the end point, and now you can bend any word to, we get from, he goes from scoff at to COVID in this. That's the numerology magic he works. That's where it, it goes, scoff yeah. at sounds like cough at. Cough at has a C-O in it. Uh, co- what, how'd he get, oh, have rid yeah. has a V-I-D in it. So now you fat, got. There's fat in it, so fat right. people are, are clearly getting fat shamed. So now you got cough at and have rid, and you if you delete all the letters that don't spell what I needed to, yeah. off, it spells COVID. Off of a. Ha- like not even a good rhyme. No, no, it's t- <laughs> it's really fucking bizarre. This it, is why he's so, uh, like this is why he's so wordy. It's five hundred pages of this. The book is yeah. very difficult to consume. Yeah, the world is safe though. Quote, Hallelujah, Lord. <laughs> furthermore, Jesus. Michael says the deaths attributed COVID uh, to COVID and related treatments, while deeply upsetting, have taken the place of mass earth changes. Geomagnetic pole shifts, tsunamis, and supervolcanoes would still end up restoring Earth's harmony, but with far greater destruction to property and life along the way. As Michael later explains, these catastrophes only occur when we are sufficiently out of alignment with the loving essence of our being, the one creator on a collective level. Since we are doing better as a planet than ancient prophets had anticipated, we have been spared the horrors of extinction-level Earth changes. This is the central theme of the Michael prophecy. Hell yeah, dude. We're above average. Basically, God is punishing us with disease, kind of like a plague. 
Okay. But it could have been worse. He has been doing that for a while. And it could have been worse if we didn't forgive Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. We still need to forgive Donald Trump. I don't think we've forgiven him enough. No, no. We I assume we'll we'll get there as the years go on. The most important of the prophecies. I don't know why I titled this section that. Uh oh. Do you not see that this is part of the great plan? David Snow. This is one of the central passages of the entire Michael prophecies. Michael directly references the great plan, which literally caused me to break down in tears when I first discovered it earlier this year. <laughs> I believe that is I believe that is the third time he's collapsed in a pile of tears in this book. Over over a very generic sentence. Michael also indicates that the anticipated solar flash, the grand finale of the 25,000-year cycle, will be held back until we, as a planet, may get ready for it. Hell Word. yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Let's, uh, let's get some more COVID prophecy in here. Quote, Michael says it is not much of a stretch to bring in the same experiences. Not much of a stretch. Rubber uh-huh. is stretchy. Uh huh. Coroners are now finding rubbery growths inside humans. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Prophet David. Words from on high. We don't deserve him. He, I mean, he couldn't. I don't think he'd even be. His, his conspiracy board would literally need to be in four dimensions. <laughs> That's why he has to become a fourth density being. Yeah. To understand the connections and the jumps he is making. You'd need a fourth dimension. Oh, dig this. OJ's trial caused Black Lives Matter by inflaming racial tensions. David's note. You know. That's the least crazy thing he said in a while. There's a point to be made there. David's note. OJ was a former sports hero who gruesomely murdered his (laughs) ex-wife. Allegedly. Who gruesomely (laughs) murdered his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend Ron Golden on June 12th, 1994. On June 17th, 1994, Simpson went on a 60-mile low-speed car chase through L.A. and Orange Counties, fleeing from the police before finally surrendering to his arrest. The nation was stunned to see such a beloved celebrity involved in such bloody and grotesque criminal allegations, as well as the constant indecision from the media. Racial tensions were also inflamed by this event and would become far more visible during the COVID crisis and resulting riots. I love that he conveniently forgets Rodney King had just happened. I know. That's like, you know what? The black folks weren't that mad about OJ. They're pretty fucking mad about Rodney King, though. The idea that we saw no racial fallout from that period of time until COVID happened is hilarious. But That's wild. It's because the prophecy doesn't apply to back then anymore. It now applies to now, which means you forget everything that happened previously. And just apply it to present day. I wish David would have been like, you know, OJ, OJ was innocent. <laughs> of all the crazy things to believe, why wouldn't he just believe that? Because uh, he's racist. True. And a black man would clearly kill a white woman. Now, along the lines of uh, death conspiracies, one of the readings, this doesn't really have anything to do with anything. It just starts, uh, his reading starts with the phrase www.leeharveyoswald.com. I checked. It's not a real website, unfortunately. Of course not. (coughs) David makes a lot of arguments about how fear is evil and used to coerce people into getting vaccinated while simultaneously not realizing that saying the vaccine is going to cause blood clots and heart attacks is also fear-mongering. Yeah, they should be feared into buying this book. (laughs) He he spends—yeah, we've already touched on this, but I do talk about how, like, I I noted in here— 
how he just filters all of his prophecy through whatever lens necessary to make himself right. There's one, yeah, he uses the word disattach in a prophecy. The rest of the prophecy doesn't have fuck all to do with anything. But he latches on to the word disattach and says that refers to how things might attach to blood vessels and cause heart problems. So using, I'm telling you, man, four-dimensional thinking. Using the word disattach was proof that COVID was going to happen, we were going to get vaccines, and then there'd be side effects. Is, like, is this a new form of dyslexia? Like uh, a dimensional dyslexia? Like, have we seen, like, a hybridization of schizophrenia and dyslexia? This is, like, uh... Because the way he's jumping from words and attaching, like, it's... It's hard to comprehend from a rational frame of thought. It's turbo mental illness. This is yeah. radical mental illness. Yeah, he's like, once again, he's not even making like, he's not swerving. He's portaling through different <laughs> he's going through dimensions the of, of words. space. Yeah, like it's he mesmerizing, did, honestly. He did say before we got into the prophecy, there is that little section of the book where it's like, if this doesn't make sense, that's your fault because Michael's speaking in fourth density language I or did some en- shit. I did enjoy his caveat. wasn't like subject to change. He's like, look, if you don't fucking get it, that's on you. Here's some more of him just kind of bending things to fit his needs. Uh, he'll say certain words and phrases are just stand-ins for what Michael really meant. At that period of time? He said the hard R, and I'm not at liberty to put that here. Quote, The breath of the divine that stamps out the traitors appears to be another of many references to the storm, which is also called prize fighting in this passage. What? Yeah. So they called it prize fighting, and Dave was like, well, that means the storm. Yes, and he doesn't also address if prize fighting can mean the storm. Why does everything else in that passage not also mean something else why would just one thing have a different meaning when it's it's convenient why explain it when you got two more books to sell and then this whole thing uh he he talks about how these prophecies were supposed to be intended for either the year 2000 or the year 2012 originally Uh but he then never addresses why we should trust them now if they've already been wrong twice well, I don't think he can, because that would have he'd have to admit he was wrong twice. <laughs> but like, <laughs> prof- prophecy, by its nature, should have a shelf life. You shouldn't get to keep returning to your prophecy until you're not wrong. You yeah, can't. You it, can't it, just keep going back to it. He is trying to do like the Da Vinci, where he would just work on one painting for like twenty five years, trying to perfect it. Well, yeah, according to Da Vinci, he never finished a painting, mm. but he'd go back and like, yeah, he'd do like. One brush stroke every year. I think we're we're approaching, we're getting close to the the end of this section. Um, twenty twelve is still happening. That is the good news. So now, so now he's not well, wrong. Twenty twelve is just still happening in twenty twenty two. Oh, you mean still? It's still ongoing. David's note in book two. Michael redates the Mayan calendar. End date to twenty twenty. Very convenient yeah, that, that the calendar like nope. I just love that he chose a year that already happened again. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Back when I had no idea about anything that I think that he always exists in that timeline. He has no idea about anything that might end up happening that year. Michael said the conjunction of our two largest planets, Jupiter and Saturn, formed a lensing effect for the energetics at the end of the twenty five thousand year cycle. 
The last Jupiter-Saturn conjunction peaked on December 26, 2020, literally within days of when the first treatments were being approved and deployed. This was also less than two months after the widely disputed 2020 election. This case... God. This Casey quote takes on even greater depth with Michael's new 2020 end date. We're, we're two years. We're about to be three years past this yeah, end Yeah, come on now. Quote, and these, David adds in, to, to these means the shifting of poles and earth changes, will begin in those periods in 58 to 98, when these will be proclaimed as the periods when his, Christ's, light will be seen again in the clouds. As to times, as to seasons, as to places, alone is is it given to those who have named the name and who bear the mark of those of his calling and his election in their bodies. This Casey prophecy hints that the times where those will bear the mark will arrive during or shortly after his, his meaning Biden's, uh, election. This mark may refer to the treatments. Oh, the mark of the beast vaccine. Right, right. That's yeah, that's dude. what all that means. When you just uh when you just put in the nouns and verbs you need into a sentence to make it correct, you can predict a, a lot of things. Do you think he thinks he can still just say these theories, but as long as he doesn't say Q, he can be like, No, I have nothing to do with this ridiculous Q nonsense. Yes. I just I just described all of the ideas. It's like using the term globalists instead of Jews. Be like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm well, talking about something else. Look, those Jews shouldn't be so sneaky. March 5th, 1997. A monumental occasion. This was David's first willed astral projection into the dream realm. Now, uh, suffer along with me as I recite this entire dream. This is David's first appearance in the astral the, plane. The first time he broke through. Dream. We drove down to this area, which was supposed to be close to New Paltz, where I went to college. There was a bunch of people standing outside a bus by the service building. It turned out that my grandparents' house was right there. It was totally different, huge and beautiful. We saw a weird kid in there whose ears were too small and had a long and slinky body. They, <laughs> they indicated that the whole thing was really a ferret combined with a cat, which seemed pretty outlandish to me. <laughs> the, the next thing I know, it really was a ferret and it was trying to bite me. Now David adds a note into the middle of the stream. David's note. Given what Michael showed me as this book was written, this may be a hint of a program where I would be picked up by a bus and then meet extraterrestrials. The being that was trying to bite me may well be a demonic, as we will discuss. The most difficult part of writing this book in the last year has been learning about the parallel life I had thanks to the use of UFO tech in the hands of the elite. The personal stuff was actually very bad. So wait, so he's going with he's living two lives con congruently. I was apparently uh, uh, being routinely abducted for various lengths of time and then returned home. During these trips, I was outrageously abused by individuals in these covert <laughs> projects. But I also got to meet extraterrestrials and see many amazing things. So sure, I was raped, but I also is, got to see aliens. Is he going with uh, what's our boy's name with the spider horses? Donald Marshall? Is he going with the Donald Marshall with I was getting sent to the cloning rape center? I think... We'll, we'll Let's get in with David Wilcox saying he wrote Umbrella. We'll end this episode soon with the, the promise that uh, the the following episodes, yes, we will get there. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, where was I on this? Oh, you got to see many amazing things. We now cut ahead to where this dream becomes relevant to our discussion once more. 
I am from 12,000 years in the future. Your world has <laughs> collapsed. It's all in caps. I'm not just reading it like that. I floated outside, and I wanted to have an experience. I flew out and immediately came into a strange tropical area. It had a built-up wooden deck that people were eating on. There were white tables and torches ringing the trees. For some reason, even though they all seemed to be dressed normally, there was something weird about it. I felt it to be Atlantis. I came up to them and told them that I was from 12,000 years in the future. <laughs> I said that the situation they were living in at that time had collapsed. I was, also, uh, I was from the next one. They had a hard time believing me. I tried to explain <laughs> it to them. I told them about the sunspot cycle and the catastrophes that are expected to occur at the end of each cycle. You like how David, even in his dreams, is just this annoying guy? I love <laughs> it. I, I love so much that he is literally a divine-like being from the future uh -huh. coming back to be like, hey, guys. This is going to end poorly for you. And they're like, shut the fuck up, you fag. Yeah, Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Even in his dreams, people are just dismissing <laughs> yeah, him and telling like, him to go somewhere else. Yeah, that's like, you stupid retard. No one believes you. Your wife probably left you in the future, too. That's that's the other thing. If you wanted to look at these dreams and actually try and do some like sort of dream analysis, it's pretty clear that David just is pissed off that he's trying to be a prophet back in 96 and no one fucking believes him. Yeah, no one wanted to buy his bullshit. Yes, it's not that he was predicting the future now. It's that he was just frustrated everyone thought he was full of shit back then. Why doesn't everyone think I'm right? Uh, I told them about the sunspot cycle and the catastrophes that are expected to occur at the end of each cycle. After a while, I flew away over some bushes. In the woods, <laughs> I saw a ring of fire on some sort of square platform. Ring An of fire. Another David note. The first highly intricate and detailed crop circles of 2022 appeared on July 3rd at Kitelin College's Hampshire, UK. It features multiple rings intersecting in a square area, like sound waves. I unsealed this dream just before the circle appeared. At this point, I woke up out of the dream. Some additional readings came in. Since this all happened on the same day, we will continue with chapter number five. Hell yeah, dude. And this is... Uh, fuck, how long do I have this going? Uh, we're we're gonna end with some some brief asides here. I All think right. there's just some. We get an appearance by uh, Benjamin Fulford, uh, of course. You know the the White Dragon Society dude. Hell yeah, dude! Fulford said that the giant lockdown in China was done so that uh, people, and by people I presume he means his White Dragon Society, uh -huh. could basically go door to door and assassinate all the people involved in the creation of COVID. Sick, dude. Fucking yeah. Benjamin Fulford's out here getting vigilante justice. Him and fucking Chodoween are going door-to-door -door assassinating yeah, dude. people. That would make... Here's an, That'd be another sick fucking Netflix show. You know, a satirical uh, action show where it's... Featuring the White Dragon Society? Well, it's Benjamin Fulford and Chodoween teamed up as like this... The sensei. The, the Starsky and Hutch of... <laughs> You know, the, the conspiracy army community. Uh, some more David stretching the truth examples. There's a passage uh, which he believes indicates the upcoming death of Princess Di at the time. I mentioned in the last episode, Princess Di is all over this book. Like, I think, there's so much about Princess Di in here. I think she has started popping up a lot in the QAnon circles the last few months. Is she coming back to life like uh, Kennedy? I don't remember what exactly. I just remember that that was starting to pop up more and more. I assume it was because of the Harry and Meghan 
Netflix oh, documentary. That checks out. Yeah. David, I don't think he ever explicitly says that, but that would make sense in this whole cycle conversation that, like, the royal family's back in the news, therefore, yeah. what he was saying back then. Be funny. the royal family has not been in the news sometime in the last several hundred years. Be funny if <clears throat> at the end he was just like, I wonder what happened to old Princess Di. Wonder <laughs> oh, where, no. Wonder where she is now. Oh, my God. They, they killed her. <laughs> He's got this passage in here, which he believes indicates... Her upcoming death. The problem is the date he writes down is not the day she died. So I don't know how he could think it predicted her death. How far off was it? Uh, Let's see if I... Oh, he even explains it. I I don't have the date, but I believe it was several weeks. It was like five or six weeks. As long as he explains it. The date was wrong, but the idea was that something bloody and tragic of global significance significance was coming in the near future. All right. that, that, That works. It's... It makes sense for David. No, no, no. Look, the day wasn't right, but the the general idea. Let's, you know. I'm trying to find a natural stopping. Oh, I okay. We, we got a bit more. Let's just keep it rocking. Fuck it. Some more David prophecy. This one is a conversation. It's between a, a man and a child. Man's voice. It's amazing. Kid's voice. What does it do in that setting? Eric's voice. Eric was his roommate at the time. Of this. Right, right, right. I remember Eric well. It's AT&T looking at me. You know O.J. Simpson will wash my feet. What? Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> okay. The fuck is that supposed to mean? Don't worry, we get the analysis. I know AT&T at one point, he had like a past due phone bill he couldn't pay. Yeah, he was very upset about that and yeah. awakening in the dream, if yeah. I recall correctly. He was furious. We get a lot of just David grievances but then in he his fa- books. But then he like magically found a check that covered it. I bet that was the same check his grandma wrote him. Probably. She because timeline-wise, like, we're in... Yeah, she saved the day. This is what that conversation means. AT&T means we have Wi-Fi in our body and people are gathering compromising information. I don't remember if I mentioned that before. The The vaccines did put Wi-Fi in our body. Well, you got nanobots. Right, right. There's a lot of nanobots, yeah, and the nanobots have formed a Wi-Fi network. You should have great service. <laughs> the fact that it's a conversation between a man and a child means abuse is occurring. Hell yeah, pedophile. He's fucking that kid. I think it says more about David's psyche that he just has a conversation between an adult and a child, and he's just like, sexual abuse. David loves libs of TikTok. Also, O.J. Simpson, this is why he was in the dream, he's Uh a stand-in for Obama. Well, that is very hard to uh, understand. (laughs) Well, it's a black guy. I guess David just went... Well, who are the two most famous black men? O.J. Simpson. Simpson and Barack Obama. Barack Obama. How many yards did Obama rush They're for? basically the same. This was also a reference to the, at the time, upcoming Heaven's Gate mass suicide. He, that, he, w- that description of that uh, scene would be awesome to put into the AI art thing. And just see what it comes up with? Just like O.J. Simpson washing David Wilcox's <laughs> feet next to like Barack Obama. <laughs> Uh, here's some additional Heaven's Gate dreams. Uh, a little after that AT&T dream, David has a dream where he shoots some guy with a toy gun. The guy's just like an old white guy with a beard. Sick. He says that guy was a stand-in for Marshall Applewhite. The problem I noticed Marshall is... Marshall Applewhite? The, the Heaven's Gate guy. That's a hell of a reference, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the problem is, of course, Marshall Applewhite did not die from a gunshot wound. He, he died from the whole, you know, Heaven's Gate poisoning thing. Oh, and the regret of having everyone do that. Right, right. Yeah, it had yeah. nothing to do with what David's dream was. This 
Yeah, we got to include this passage. This, I think, really summarizes his state of mind and makes everything not make sense, but you can understand why things are presenting themselves as they're presenting themselves. Uh-huh. I just have written, uh, side note, David's a crazy person. All right, all right. Quote, something appears to be happening inside the pineal gland to cause DMT to vibrate like a crystal radio, releasing color visual images picked up by the retinal cells. The soul looks at what it is seeing, and those photons travel through the, quote, silver cord directly into the third eye center of the brain to be processed. This is the basic system I am using when I do remote viewing to hear Michael's words. Sometimes he shoots me an entire set of images through my third eye. The pineal gland also creates exotic physics that actually open up a portal inside your brain every time you go to sleep or deeply meditate. It, so he's just using his crystal DMT radio to astral project and communicate with God. You know, it's funny is that's his version of uh, when I rhyme, I go blind and let the Lord yeah. do his thing. <laughs> David's just blacking on beats, dude. We, oh, we we do find out why he's been pushing telekinesis so hard, like him having telekinesis. You know, with because he really wants superpowers with man. his uh, his screen moving without him touching it and then also the noises his fucking cabin in the wood makes david david's gonna start a a group of uh, mutants called the no sex men (laughs) and they're all gonna be incels with superpowers they're all just wear chastity belts yeah no not chastity belts they're incels they can't fuck they're naturally repulsive they're not choosing to be uh celibate they're involuntarily celibate (laughs) but they are superheroes the reason why he keeps bringing up this telekinetic ability is because you get it when you're fourth density that's the the like the the eagle scout badge right so this entire time he's basically just been flexing on us how i'm so fucking telekinetic now you losers remember though michael explicitly told him he can't brag anymore so now he has to find new and creative ways to do it so he's relying on us to tie together the different bragging he's doing what a what in like a greek epic it's like it's one man's journey where he keeps getting more powers but it's like it's it's his Achilles heel. He keeps getting more powers. But should he brag one time <laughs> and ruin will, it all? He yeah. will lose all protection and godly status. David dreams of rape, which I wrote down as the much <laughs> less popular version of I dream of genie. <laughs> Quote, a voice came in and that said she is a slut following the voice. David tries to pray it away. And then he suddenly heard crying. He what? He also so. He's get a voice that says she's a slut, and then he just hears crying. He provides no analysis for this dream in the book. He just included that. He's just, do what you will with this one? Yes, yes. I I heard she's a slut and then just crying. Well, clearly he's yelling she's a slut at the crying baby. (laughs) Probably. She's just crying because she's a slut. Some more uh, weird sexual stuff. David receives a prophecy that concludes by saying, quote, the children will have even more difficulty understanding the new standard. David takes this to be a prophecy about kids being confused about sexuality nowadays. David's, you know, he's oh, he's just, trying to pivot into right right wing media. They're grooming them. It's uh all fine, but then he mentions an earlier line: "This stuff is hard." This, like a penis. This indicates this line is disturbing, uh, which I took him to mean he's referring to yeah boners and rape. What a. I mean, he has to admit to being raped at some point. 
it gets pretty close. All right, this is the very last uh, little dream we will cover here before we wrap up. This dream, it's not prophecy, but it's funny, so I include it. This is uh, David speaking. The dream takes place in a basketball gym, and every fan has a gun. On the court is a bunch of people with Down syndrome. He, David has David has to rescue the Down syndrome children off the court in some sort of game of like capture the retard. So he, everyone in a basketball, it's the entire gymnasium full of people with guns. So it's the Special Olympics for the Crips and Bloods in, yeah. in downtown Compton. And you got to run down to the court and you like grab a retard and you just start shooting and then you run away. So you grab one. You got to do, do cover fire and get yes, out, yes. Get out with the retard. It's it's a mission to save as many as you can. David, uh, oh, David felt the need to sidebar in the middle of a prophecy about lights to say that in the present he just hung up Christmas lights. So his prophecy he was writing had the word lights in it. Uh-huh. David had also used a light at some point during that day, which he thought was very prophetic. Uh, well, it's rare that she used lights these days, but. I will add his this little him butting in to include the the synchronicity of using the word light and him hanging his Christmas lights. He did that on my birthday, which is well. There you go, synchronicity. Right, but it goes further. My birthday is uh, December eleventh. To to go full Wilcock on this, he talks about having a bunch of clock synchronicities at the time eleven eleven again birthday eleven 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 represents the four beasts of the apocalypse which means my birthday is like half an apocalypse. And David lost his better half when we mocked him. This yes, all we adds did. Up. There it is. After that section, I just wrote, I need a break, <laughs> <laughs> which is fitting because we will conclude that's, this episode there. That's about right. You know, maybe we do for this this new year, we can start keeping some sort of, of, of journal and just see where that leads. That could become entertaining. Write our own prophecies? I mean, write whatever. The bishop was very adamant that you should be writing writing more comedy stuff. Ah. <laughs> I was, so, I, like, I guess you got to go back to, like, that that the golden era of, like, mid-2000s blogging. <laughs> like, like... I'm going to ba- start a live journal. Like, Barstool and it's fucking in its early prime. No, you just do it on the Patreon. Then we can Then we can sell that. We can market my writing. I'll yeah. have to get back into writing. Those people enjoy that. But, uh, so, yeah, yeah, he was very adamant. We're, uh, this, this puts us, we're at about the halfway point in the book. I the, the next quote I have for where we will start next time is page 249. The book's, you know, 555 pages. So, I wonder how quickly he plans on rolling out two and three. Because he seems to imply he's already written them. I believe in the email he said they're done yeah he's, he's implied he's written them already right so i think i think he's probably just just like what maybe every six months or just once the money dries up uh we'll see how much he makes off this yeah uh, i don't think it's gonna go great it's already rated worse than awakening in the dream like in terms of sales numbers i mean it's not even formatted like a book no no it's 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 a college outline before a final the book is written like a PDF of a textbook you would boot like in college. Yeah, it's this is a book. Uh, ra- uh, not wrap the news. This is a book. Brother Bobby would steal. Absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm paying no no thirty five dollars for for this book. You know what I'm saying? I just I just stole that shit off eBay. Oddly enough, I think we're the only people where paying the hundred dollars for the book actually is worth 
the money just because of well, how much entertainment it provides it's us. out of respect right everyone again we'll say this over and over again everyone go buy the fucking book yeah look i we've gotten to the point where Corey can just fucking burn away that yeah, will enjoy fuck him we need yeah. david <laughs> yeah well we have a connection to david yes. you know we broke him now we feel responsible to build him up yes we we understand that he's He's in the sunken space, as Kanye would put it. And I think in this next part, we're going to get to what I believe to be my very, very solid theory on why David's gone insane. And okay. perhaps when I posit that, someone will know how we can fix him. So next yeah. time, I believe we get to some more of David's I guess maybe we'll, questionable sexuality. Well, I guess we'll we'll conclude that for the, the page this week, because this will be Friday. Uh... No, we'll watch a documentary we'll do from, it from Patreon. We'll I, do want it for Monday. The, I want this on the main feed. Okay, so this will be, it'll be another David uh, extravaganza for Monday. I think we'll be able to wrap up, I think, two more episodes. Yeah. Uh, so I think another another week of David content, and we'll, uh, we'll be concluding this. I mean, look, I just pitched two very solid sitcom ideas Yes. Now for if, David Wilcock. If David could groom himself and perhaps dress like a normal human being we well, could, we, we'll we, get him a pitch meeting to be honest we'd have hair and makeup but that's also part of the bit <laughs> is he's a mess is that he's completely deranged well it's just like david he's just a human who barely functions in society you saw him cook an entire grills worth of chicken wings maple syrup chicken wings. yeah and just one just poured the inhaling it when i was hailing this is this is kind of our own weird version of the Truman Show, where David's like the star yeah. of the show, but he doesn't really he, well, understand. He's, he's doing all the production. Right. He, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't really get why it's a good show. Yeah. He's just the star of it. I mean, honestly, and maybe we would be the one, well, we'd definitely be the ones who'd appreciate it most, but David talking to nature is some of the funniest shit on YouTube right now. It's very enjoyable. It is genuinely hilarious. Watching him try to become God to the fucking forest critters. <laughs> I just hope we get more of that. I wish there was a dish. I wish I could tell you there were more turkey updates. But I've still got 100 pages left, so maybe. Well, he's going to have to start making videos again soon. Assuming he, this is what he was working on, that explains why he wasn't putting videos up. So Because he was too crazy? Well, he was writing. Right, right. It was his process. Okay? Yes. You know, he was, he was being stoic, which is... What losers say when they don't have friends but want to sound right, cool. Right, they're stoic. Uh, Marcus so, Aurelius stuff. But now he's going to have to drop some videos because he needs to publicize the book. And no one else is going to have him on their program. As we record this, I think we are genuinely the most promotion this book has gotten. We will definitely be the most promotion. Patreon.com slash Hidden in Plain Sight Pod. Yeah, speaking of giving your money to people who are retarded... Us. Yeah, give it to us. Who We're else gonna... is retarded enough to read yeah. and outline this entire fucking book? You you people genuinely have no idea the fun, stupid shit we would get <laughs> up to with with real money. Any After... semblance of real money. Yes. Well, fucking Luca put up that 60-point, 20-rebound. Triple-double. Triple-double. Yeah. Uh, first time in NBA history. And we talked about the prices for season tickets for Mavs games are fairly cheap. Like, we would fucking do that. We'd eventually try and raise the tears till we get courtside. <laughs> Could you imagine us being like the Jack Nicholson of fucking of the of the Dallas Mavericks? Of the Dallas Mavericks, that would be yeah. pretty dope. Yeah, just fucked up heckling <laughs> the other players. We're uh, we're at Hidden in Plain Sight Radio on Instagram. We're or no, we're not. We're uh, at the 
No, at the Hidden Pod on Twitter, at at Hidden in Plain Sight Radio on Instagram, and you are at Brandon Steel Hidden. Yes. Go donate to the Patreon, and we will use your funds to do retarded shit. Yes, and that's a guarantee. Hootie hoo. Mom bow.